Welcome to episode 45 of the Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London podcast. Time flies when you're having fun. And my guest today is Sky Sports and Sat1 uh, presenter of many a year for the last 14 years, Sasha Bashinsky, who's in Hagen in Germany. Hello, Sasha, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Nice for having me. How are you? <laughs> great, great to have you. Yeah. We first met, uh, I think it was uh, two or three years ago. Um, yeah. You came to London to do um, something about the match Tottenham Hotspurs versus Borussia Dortmund. And you came down to our Stammtisch, uh, the meetup in the, in the bar, in the, in the pub, a naughty bar. And uh, there was yeah. about, about 50 fans there. And we had a Stammtisch and we were having Dortmund on your beer. You made a, a very <laughs> nice feature on our fan club. So thank you for that. And unfortunately, I think Dortmund went on to lose the game. So I guess uh, the visit from Sky Sports Germany was kind of the highlight of the, the day. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. And I remember that it was really nice in, in the pub and doing the interview and with all the, the London BVB fans. And it, yeah, it's been really nice. I remember that, yeah. That was cool. Do you remember seeing the wall painting on a, on a wall painted in the hallway of BVB? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool that. We had to think very hard about that because we had to figure out which legends to take from the last 50 years, you know? Yeah, okay. There are like, a few, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Robert Lewandowski, for example, you might say, ah, I'm not too sure about him, you know? So the kind of guys who were loyal to the club and then the yeah. ones who weren't and so on. So it was really clear we would take people like um, Jurgen Klopp and um, Manfred Burgsmüller and people like that. And then there would be other people who perhaps went to play at Schalke, like Andy Müller, for example, where we were <laughs> like, mm, not too sure about that one. So it was quite difficult to find about 20 guys to do. And then we had an artist painted. It was really nice. Anyway, um, just to introduce you. So um, you were, uh, you're from Hagen, which is near Dortmund. And yeah. ironically, I, um, I lived with my parents, with Erhard, uh, my stepfather, my mother, Shana. I lived in Lettmarte. I think you know it? Yeah, I know that. It's just a few kilometers away from here, yeah? Yeah. And uh, I lived there until I was, well, a teenager, basically. And, um, and then I used to go to school in Dortmund. So, yeah, obviously, Erhard, being from Dortmund, I used to travel. Uh, I used to go to watch BBB, and he introduced me to BBB. Um, so yeah, it's been a, a hobby since I was a kid, basically. Anyway, um, talking about a great lifestyle, um, Zasha is a TV presenter, which is pretty much one of the coolest things you can do in this world, I, I think, especially for <laughs> sports. Uh, and Sky Sports and Sat1 are two of the best TV channels in Germany. So um, you were born in Hagen and you um, went to the Bochum's uh, Ruhr Universität. And yeah. Um, you are a trained journalist. Um, I, I do journalism, but I'm actually not trained in journalism. I'm trained in, um, in creative writing. Um, so how did you come to be uh, on, on TV? I mean, it's, it's pretty cool, basically. You've been on uh, Sat1 all the way back until season 2007, uh, 8, I think. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that is right, yeah. And it was, was kind of a um, classic way. After, after the university, I got to a um, radio radio station. Yeah. Um, a radio station. I worked for a few years. And then uh, there was the way to uh, Z1 from there after after two or three years. 
Um, there I did um, a lot of camera work. Um, then I begin uh, or I started working in front of the camera. And after four or five years, uh, Sky Germany started uh, Sky Sport News and, and uh, we were searching for some journalists or guys here for this area, for BVB, uh, for Ruhrgebiet, BVB, Schalke, Duisburg, Bochum, etc. And so I was, I was, uh, I was one of three guys for this area um, together with my colleagues. And so we, we built this here for the Sky News uh, in Germany um, over the last, over the last uh, 10 years. And yeah, it was a, was a nice way and a nice and interesting way. Really cool. What are some of the highlights of your of your work? Because you write as well, don't you? I've seen some articles that you've written as well. Um, yeah, some for some uh, some articles for for the website who came along with the with with the um, with the work in front of the camera. So I took the topics from there and write it down for the website. And well, it's hard to say. I think um, I think the um, the journeys and the journeys with VVB to to Asia or the US um, before the season started to to um, to training training camps in Japan or China or or uh, the East Coast of US and that's been very nice very nice uh, journeys and and uh, travels and when you see when you see other cultures and and see how how um, many people out there, hundreds and thousands kilometers away, are, are voting for Borussia Dortmund or for the Bundesliga generally. So um, that was that was nice to see. Yeah, really nice. So we're talking about games like um, uh, when Dortmund played in Shanghai against Manchester City. Yeah, tournament about three like that, years yeah. ago, or when they went out to. Um, Tokyo and they played against Kawasaki Frontale and things like that and also in the US against LA I think, and Liverpool I think versus versus Liverpool in Charlotte or something like that yeah 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 that's right those kind of cool tournaments and um, you've met a lot of people and interviewed a lot of people I mean um, for a fan I guess I've met a lot of people and interviewed a lot we're on episode almost 50 now um, and I've had some really great guests like Bert van Marwijk or even Enter Lippens or uh, yeah. Martin Brooksmuller before he died or uh, Nevin Zubotic, people like that. So for a fan, I guess I'm doing okay. But compared to you, I mean, you've met some really cool, cool BVB players and coaches and so on. Who are some of the uh, most um, interesting guests you've, you've, you've met uh, in, in the past years or interviewed? So I, yeah, I have to say they, they are not football related. So um, yeah, I interviewed quite quite everybody from BVB over the years. But the most interesting and very nice one was uh, Dirk Nowitzki um, in yeah. Dallas. So I, I, I had the chance to travel to Dallas. Uh, I've, I've been in Dallas at that time and had the, and I had the chance to uh, interview Dirk Nowitzki. That was very nice. And, and I also was able to, to did the interview with uh, Usain Bolt. As he as he was in in Dortmund, and I I got a, a short window for an interview for five or six minutes, and it's it's been been very nice because I of course everybody knows Usain Bolt, and and uh, I followed him of course over over the few years and uh, the, the last years, and that was very interesting. Yeah, that's mega cool. Yeah, um, for sure, Dirk Nowitzki, the um the the Dallas uh, basketball player American yeah. well, he's he's a German but he was playing out at Dallas yeah. there and um, 
and uh, and Usain Bolt, of course, hundred meters legend, uh, multiple gold with uh, gold medalist, and uh, who also did a trial with Borussia Dortmund. Uh, I think it was yeah. about a year and a half ago, and then he went and played in Sydney uh, for football in the A League in Australia. Uh, for a few matches, but um, I think he under he overestimated his ability as a <laughs> soccer player a bit. <laughs> he's yeah, I think so, yeah. He looked pretty cool. He's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, he's he's, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, imagine probably. I mean, in terms of sports stars, Nowitzki is probably the richest sports star in Germany, wouldn't you say? I mean, he must have made at least a hundred million from his playing in America, no? He didn't take all the money he could get to to make his or to improve his team to get the chance to win a championship title, but but he uh, yeah he he still still uh, made enough to to have a good life and live a good life. I think so. Yeah. Um, this week, uh, one has to take one's hat off also to um, the two German clubs Eintracht Frankfurt and RB Leipzig, uh, as some BBB fans call them, the Dosen but we're not going to use that kind of language on the show. <laughs> okay. But um, RB Leipzig managed to knock out um, Atalanta Bergamo uh, pretty surprisingly, and even more surprising, and I really admire Ansgar Knauf because he's just a real cool guy. I mean, mm. I'll never forget that photo of him with uh, Jürgen Klopp when he's about 10 years old. Um, and uh, it just it warms your heart, as you say. And uh, it was so cool to see him scoring that goal for Eintracht and also against Barcelona. Um, it just, um, I, I actually, yeah, I mean, I'm really happy for, for Eintracht that they went through um, to the semi-final. Um, but overall, um, it's not been a good year for German football in European yeah. competitions. So basically, not only did Dortmund get knocked out um, by Rangers, which was pretty surprising, to be honest. I mean, in the Europa League, having dropped out of the Champions League, finishing third in their group, uh, we also saw uh, Union Berlin getting knocked out very early, Wolfsburg getting knocked out, Bayer Leverkusen getting knocked out, and so on. So it really hasn't been the best year, let's be quite frank. We've got two teams going through now, and uh, I think especially Bayern München is a big surprise, um, getting knocked out by Villarreal. Um, what was your sort of assessment of of the season so far? Yeah, I think I can I can agree with you. So um, Bayern Munich has been very surprising. I I thought two teams will get through to the semi-finals, but I thought it will be uh, it it would be uh, Bayern Munich and and RB Leipzig. Now it's it's Frankfurt. Uh, congrats to to Frankfurt. It's been a been an amazing game. Um, and an amazing achievement to 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 beat uh, Barcelona. Um, yeah, I think it was kind of a kind of disappointing with with the German teams. And but I'm not not really surprised because um, you you see I, I'm a little su- bit surprised because of Bayern Munich, but not because of the other teams you've seen this this year's in the in the German league. Um, different teams like Borussia Dortmund or Leverkusen or the other ones, Wolfsburg, etc., uh, struggled also in the league and have their have, have their their difficulties there. And so, yeah, I think to go back to Bayern Munich, the game versus Villarreal and some other games this season shows that they are on the on the edge of um, of um, major yeah, changes. 
Major changes, yeah. Major changes, yeah, changes in, in, in the squad. And so they have to, maybe Robert Lewandowski will leave the club. Maybe they need young, fresh blood uh, for, for some positions. And I think the game and, and especially the whole, the whole year, the whole season, uh, make that very clear. I think so too. I mean, Robert Lewandowski, um, I mean, clearly it's an opportunity for him to do something big before he retires. Um, I, I personally, I think that Barca should keep Obama young just because I like Obama young. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think he's doing really, really well. Um, in fact, I've ordered the Obama young Barca shirt, uh, number 25, just to remember it, whatever happens to him. And I suspect he'll probably not stay for very long, but, um, you know, he's living the dream for sure. Um, and then likewise, I mean, I'm surprised as well at um, Nagelsmann and how verwundbar, how, how, how easily uh, Bayern can be hurt um, this season. Yeah. And it, it actually makes you pretty irritated as a BVB fan to watch for the last three or four years that Bayern has been, with the exception of one season when they won the Champions League, they've been... And, 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 and everything else, um, you know, they won the triple, I think, or quadruple. Uh, you know, they, they, they have had their moments um, where Borussia Dortmund were eight points ahead, I think, two or three years ago. Uh, and Dortmund and, and you know, Bayern have looked like you could hit them. You could get them. Dortmund, if had Dortmund had been stable, Dortmund yeah. could have won the title maybe once, maybe twice in the last five years. Um, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge. Um, in an interview, the outgoing um, executive of Bayern München, and one of he's a Bayern player, but that never stopped me admiring uh, Kalle, uh, <laughs> something of an Inter Milan fan. And um, yeah. Um, yeah, Kalle was really a fantastic football player. And uh, you know, um, he's from Westfalen. What can I say anyway? It doesn't matter. He's from Lippstadt, isn't he? Lippstadt, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Kalle said that the 50 plus one um, rule um, is basically restricting the investment into German football too much in an interview um, uh, 10 days ago, uh, which I wrote an article about. And he said that basically it needs to be reformed and modernized in order to help, um, to help German clubs compete in Europe. Now, if we look at the current season, um, and I've, I've looked over the last six seasons, um, but let's just focus on this one. We've got Leicester City has gone through, West Ham has gone through, um, and Liverpool and Manchester City, and uh, from Scotland, if you count that as Britain, then also Rangers have gone through as well. So that's, um, that's actually five English teams versus two German teams. And if you go back for the last five seasons, basically, um, that, that picture is, um, is somewhat more balanced. But generally, um, English clubs are two to one in terms of um, the amount of uh, guy, uh, teams that they get through to the quarterfinals. Um, and so, for example, 2021, we had Bayern went through, but then we had on the other side, uh, City, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea. Um, and uh, if you go back to uh, season 1920, um, you had uh, Bayern and RB Leipzig went through. And then uh, City went through. So then there you have one more German team. 18-19, Spurs, City, United and Liverpool. No German team at all. Um, four, <laughs> four English teams in the quarterfinal. 17-18, Bayern went through. But then 2-1, to one, Liverpool, City went through. 16-17, Bayern and Dortmund. And only Leicester City went through. And I can keep going like that. So that's just yeah. the Champions League. 
But, you know, leaving aside the Europa League, where the German teams seem to do a bit better, let's just look at the Königsklasse. I mean, I'll just quote you a figure, basically. Bundesliga revenue in 2021 was $3.8 billion, okay? Which is $1 billion less than the Premier League. So it's clear, in terms of commercial, in terms of money, Premier League is doing better. There's no doubt about that. Would you, yeah. would you agree? Yeah, yeah, of course, I would agree. This Premier League is, I think, is the league in, in Europe and the league in the world. These the most most popular, the the league, the league where the most money is, the league with the most glamour, and it's just just the most the most popular football league in the world. When you speak with with uh, fans all over the world in China or the US or everybody I just mentioned uh, mentioned the Premier League or uh, at first the Premier League clubs. So yeah, it's, it's right there. What do you attribute that success to basically? I mean, the media deal certainly is making a difference. Um, the media deal that the Premier League has 4.5 billion, which is 1 billion more than uh, Bundesliga. And, you know, in the last season, the couple of seasons, there's been some problems with Bundesliga coverage um, just to quote the U.S. Uh, broadcasting deal, it was only worth 250 million. Um, and in the Arab regions, the Gulf, Persian Gulf, they didn't have any coverage of Bundesliga for last season. Um, you know, these are all big issues, basically. And as a guy who's an influencer or guy who's been pushing the Bundesliga message for 10 years, like myself and other guys like Matt Herman or Terry Dufellin or other British or American guys who are doing a lot of Stefan Buschko, other guys like that who are doing a lot of writing and podcasting and so on and broadcasting uh, about the Bundesliga. We believe in Bundesliga. We love Bundesliga, but we get really frustrated um, by the Bundesliga International not pushing the message of Bundesliga out more and not being more ambitious. And of course, you know, if friends of mine like Muat in Saudi Arabia can't even watch their BVB on TV, then I'm you know, we're going to lose a lot of ground. And personally, I mean, I'm sure, Sasha, you know this, we love Bundesliga and we love BVB. If we wanted to in England, we didn't need to go to Westfalenstadion in Dortmund. We can go to Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester United, and just go in a train just half an hour or an hour, whatever, um, you know, um, pay a bit more for the ticket. No, we go to... A little, a little bit more. <laughs> because we love Bundesliga. So the show is not about saying Bundesliga is a worse product or, you know, praising the Premier League. It's just about being frankly realistic about the situation. Do you think that Bundesliga International and the DFL are not ambitious enough, are not pushing the message enough? Or is it the clubs like Bayern and Dortmund and so on and Leverkusen and HSV, Schalke, that they're not actually going out into the world enough, doing enough promotions and things like that? Or, you know, why, why is it that um, Bundesliga somehow is now the third league uh, in, in, in after the La Liga and, uh, and, uh, and, and Premier League? Yes, I think uh, the Bundesliga started a little bit late to promote itself, like with, with, um, with promotion in Asia or in, in the US, uh, like, I, like I said before. Um, the English clubs like Manchester or Liverpool been to China or been to Asia way, way a few years, few years earlier, I think so, and also in the US and and just just um, 
owned this market uh, markets only uh, earlier and uh, I, I I really don't know I I'm not sure if the DFL is is doing enough or is, is not doing enough and I I can't I can't really say I think because of the of the big big amount of money there is in the in the in the TV contract in in England and and because of the way they promoted themselves it's 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 hard for other leagues um, to to compare with that and and to um, think it's it's a it's a hard it's a hard um, market all over the world and um, especially in in Asia or in Europe and uh, you 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 have to see the the German football fans they are not really into into um, going out in the world and want their club to to be um, popular all over the world. They just most of them or a lot of them just want. Uh, I think so. Want to have the club for themselves. Want to have uh, their club. They don't want to have a uh, a world known and a world popular football club. So uh, they just want to stick to 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 uh, Germany. They just want to stick to Europe and just play play the game and like it's been uh, played over the last years uh, yeah or decades yeah so, so so essentially i mean this is a difficult topic as well there's a lot yeah. of stuff going here but but i just want to mirror what you're saying because our experience as the bvb london fan club and i guess you've seen us as a fan yeah. club right for the last yeah. nine years yeah and you know a lot of bvb fans have been going from england to germany carsten karma the marketing director said a few years ago that they were getting 1,000 EVB fans from England every home game. Mm. It's, it's a lot, right? And you've seen those fans, right? The English yeah, fans. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say that my own experience, I mean, two years ago or so, I think 2000, August 2019, you yourself, you were filming the, the tribute match of Money Burgsmüller at Feuerfeld Kemminghausen, yeah. which Kinderlachen ended up organizing. I created that project. But I realized very soon that it was not for an English fan to create a match for Manny Borgsmüller. And so I pulled out of it. And ever since then, there's always been this feeling of to what degree do the ultras and the fans in Dortmund actually accept a London fan club having so much prominence or mm. getting involved in, you know, communal politique, politics of the, of the Zutribüne and so on, especially one who's, a guy like me who's not, you know, I'm not 18 anymore. Uh, and I'm also not really, really going on the Zoo Tribune, to be honest. So it, it's been a very interesting kind of thing, as, as you say, that they, they want to have BVB for themselves. And um, at the same time, Dortmund is a very welcoming city and the English fans and many hundreds of uh, new fans have come through London Fan Club to go to Dortmund, to the Westfalenstadion to watch games. We organize tickets and help them with travel and so on. But it's almost as if, uh, as you say, they kind of resist any influence on that we might have on their culture or their way of doing things and so on. They accept our initiative and hard work, but they don't want us to mitrate, to actually say, you know, this is what we think how things should be. For example, there's been certain issues like um, this year they tried to bring in a Codex 09, was trying to bring in, which is to try to tie in um, tickets at soziale preise or cheap prices for, for yeah. tickets. 
and me coming from a marketing background and being a fan of BBB since the 1980s, when Dortmund was almost going bankrupt every two or three years, it was a really yeah. bad situation. I know that having seen 2005, when the club literally were bankrupt, how close we've got to losing the club in the 1970s. I interviewed Alfons Sikora, one of the players who played in Zweite Bundesliga, 1972-73. Uh, and, you know, the stories he told about the way the club was managed, what I saw with my own eyes in the 1980s as a season ticket holder on the Zutribune, what I then saw again in 2005. And then when somebody comes from the, from the ultras, from the fans, and they say, oh, OK, we're going to introduce a, a rule that says you can't um, increase the prices of the tickets. And I'm aware that the tickets are already half of the price, sometimes even one third of the price, or even less if you compare the season ticket, you know, Arsenal, 2,000 pounds, Dortmund, maybe 500 euros for season yeah. ticket. You realize that how can Dortmund compete in the Champions League, which we won in 97 and we got to the final in 2013, when, when we, the fans, are paying so little? So what I'm saying is I'm not saying I don't want to pay little. I don't want all of us to pay little. I'm saying that I need, I, 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 for my own reassure, I need to know that the managers of the club can raise the prices if they need to, if the club situation is difficult, that they have debts like they had last season of 70, 80 million or 100 million, whatever. Um, and that we fans have to sometimes pay the price to keep this club solvent and successful. And that's what, so that's a moment where, you know, we were asked to vote in the AGM, the Jahreshauptversammlung, for this Codex 09 without even knowing what is this Codex 09. And, you know, so my interest is just simply is the, the success, the financial success, the well-being of the club that I love. And I think sometimes people misunderstand. And also I think that, I think that um, the Dortmund um, people sometimes, um, yeah, I mean, they may not accept that the club is, that international fans are now more than just tourists with a selfie stick. Nowadays, we, we have eight UK BBB fan clubs, and the people in other countries are real fans. There are almost 1,000 fan clubs around the world. Those guys, I mean, I've talked to many, many, many fan clubs over the years. They love BBB almost as much as people in Dortmund or, or, or any part of Germany. What, but, yeah, but, but what, what is it you love, love about um, BBB? Okay, I know you, you, you live in the near, near, near Dortmund when you grow up, and I understand that, that you got some of the BBB DNA, but, but some other guys in London, why are they f f fascinated by, by BBB? Why Borussia Dortmund? Why this culture? Yeah, perfect question. And, of course, the answer to that is, is really simple, because the Bundesliga has everything that we lost in England. Okay. So in the Bundesliga, you can have a cigarette, you can have a beer, you can <laughs> sing, you, have, you can wave flags, you can stand, you have a fan culture, you have active fan clubs, you have active ultra culture, you have choreographies, you have cheap prices that anybody can afford, whether they have a job or not. Um, you have uh, 50 plus one which basically means that the clubs are not uh, owned by um, foreign corporations and are not sold between billionaires. But the fans, like me, I've been a member of BVB for almost 10 years, uh, get to vote on important issues, like last year introducing a women's team 
in an otherwise man's club until for more than 100 years, 118 years, things like that. Um, and um, yeah, basically, um, it, it's just a very pure football league. It's, it's the, those who really think about football understand that the Bundesliga has something special, which is we get to be part of, we get to be more than a customer. We get to be a fan. And that's very special. And BBB, as I've said in a thousand times on a thousand different uh, <laughs> things I've done, is, well, it's a unique, hardworking, working class, yellow and black, uh, monstrously cool football club with a, an amazing stadium of 80,000 where you get pure football experience. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a club that connects uh, people. And um, I think that, those are really the main reasons. So for all the money in the world that English football has, they've lost their soul, most of those clubs, even Liverpool to some degree. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's basically the issue, Sasha, is um, that BBB is authentic and German football has a, a real sense of being a fan, not a customer. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I, I just... I, I can see that I've I've been a quite quite a fan of 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 um, or I, I would not say fan or I kind of have have a, have a heart for Liverpool uh, a few years ago when uh, at the at the beginning when I, when I when I start being a football fan and I searched some some Liverpool games and some pictures from from the nineties or. Or the beginning uh, 2000s, and so I just couldn't couldn't believe what I saw there uh, happening in, in, in Anfield and the atmosphere and, and what's what's going on there. And and this, you are completely right. It changed over the over the last last years, and everything we now have here still have here in the Bundesliga is is, is missing in the in the Premier League. That's um, yeah, that's that's right, and and I, I completely can can understand that. That feeling when when I'm in the stadium, not not for my job, just because just for joy. And sometimes I go to Fortel uh, Bochum. Um, I like Fortel Bochum very much. I like the stadium. Um, it's in in the city. Um, it's a small stadium. It's a great football stadium yeah. with a capacity of, of 30, 35,000. Um, and I've been there uh, in my early twenties a lot. Sometimes the whole season, and um, and that's. That's kind kind of a great atmosphere, and that's think that it's the most important thing for the for for um, the majority of the football fans here in, in Germany to to keep that and to live that, and and that's a big part of their um, DNA. The the club they have, BVB, um, Schalke, Bochum, especially here in the Ruhrgebiet, in this in this area, um, yeah. this is. Fifty percent of their life is their football club, and they don't want to. They they just want to want to go um, want to go to a to a meeting of the members to 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 speak issues to decide issues on the club. They want to want to have a vote in in the club, and so I I can't think that the thing that happens in uh, the Premier League over over the last year with with the shareholders who who. Buy buy clubs and sell clubs and put all the money in there and the fans have no say in anything and I I can't imagine that in Germany and so I I totally understand your your points yeah 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 
but at the same time, um, the 50 plus one rule yeah. is protecting the culture of German football. But it has also resulted in clubs like the 1983 European Cup or Champions League winners, Hamburger SV, yeah. spending the last four years in the Zweite Bundesliga. Werder Bremen, 1988 champions. Kaiserslautern, three, four times champions in the Dritte Liga. Eintracht Braunschweig, 1967, I think, champions of Germany. Spent time in the Dritte Liga, Vierte Liga, Third, Fourth Divisions for years and years and years. Schalke 04, eight, seven times German champions. Now in the second division, VfB Stuttgart, how many times have they won the title? Maybe three, four times. Uh, at, yeah. at under-19 level, they're the record champions of Germany. They've got eight titles. Um, regular teams that English fans admire and know of for many, many years, like Kaiserslautern, for example. Uh, you know, fans in England now say to me when I'm, you know, doing, um, they, they say stuff like, oh, what happened to Kaiserslautern? What happened to, um, why is Hamburg down there, you know? Is it, is it, I mean, isn't there something maybe that's holding German clubs back or even creating some kind of um, inequality um, in terms of the business model versus the liberal English culture where so much money has been invested, especially by Americans, into the Premier League? I mean, would it be fair to say that 50 plus one, which was only introduced in 1999. But really, to be frank, the problems of German league versus English league have only really started since the 2000s, since Sky Television in German in England came out mm. um, and basically started investing in the media and then the Americans saw the opportunity to take it on. Um, but, um, you know, I would like to come to looking at the national team of Germany versus English national team as well, because I think it's starting to really reflect in the national team as well. But let's just talk about 50 plus one of the Traditions teams, Traditionsmannschaften, Kult, you know, the really Kult clubs of Germany, which I personally, that's what I love about Germany. You know, 1860, Eintracht Braunschweig, all these kind of famous, famous old German clubs that nowadays, many of them have no chance at all anymore. And the Zweite Bundesliga, it now looks like the old uh, Bundesliga <laughs> maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it isn't easy to say. It's not the same issue with with every club. So when you look at, at Kaiserslautern, there's been in the few, past few years a lot of mismanagement. Mismanagement uh, also in Hamburg. Hamburg spent so much money. Um, when you when you look at SC Freiburg and what they are playing and the role Freiburg has in the Bundesliga and what they are doing right over the last two years, Hamburg did wrong. So. Um, they just this is a club that that um, haven't had just as money as as um, Hamburg. So it, it isn't only the money. It's it's kind of of management and what you think you are capable of and you're not capable of of doing and and you think you are bigger than you really are and just because of the of the of your um, past past. Um, in Germany, we call it "die Schere geht immer weiter auseinander." The scissor, the scissor spreads even more. The clubs at the top got more money from the Champions League, from TV stations, and and um, 
the leagues in the second league and the third league, uh, they get they even get a, a little amount of that money, and so the there isn't there isn't really um, a competition any longer. So there's there's no possibility that Kaiserslautern or or MSV Duisburg or Braunschweig or Rot-Weiß Essen will will ever have the capacity or the possibilities of um, Bayer Leverkusen or even even Wolfsburg or Mönchengladbach or something like that. Because over the last few years, every year you don't spend in the Bundesliga and get the money from the TV stations or from the the big sponsors or etc. Um, is is a year you you can't can't catch up here in the in the years to come. So I think that's that's uh, yeah that's a really big big issue and that's that's a problem in in Dortmund in in Germany um, from from league to league with the clubs um, in Germany from the first league to the third one or the the fourth or the fifth fifth year um, and yeah the the problem with the Bundesliga compared to the other leagues in Europe that's that's quite another question that that it's really oh, that's also a question of money but another amount of money now time for a short announcement if you love Borussia Dortmund why not join us for a live game and have a couple of Dortmund Union beers at the Stamtage meetup of the official Borussia Dortmund fan club in London we meet on match days at the Fitzroy wine cellar on Cleveland Street for more details head to our Facebook page or give us a call on 07459 Three nine four one two one, and now back to the show. It just seems to be so. Is the money just not distributed by the DFB or DFL, or is it not distributed down by um, the media? Um, is the I mean, in Spain, the media deal is disproportionately benefiting Real Madrid and Barcelona, which I think is pretty pretty dumb, really. Anyway, to be frank, um, and in England, the media deal is distributed, and they even clubs even get a parachute when they go down to the championship. They get more money again from the media. So um, it seems to be that the media money uh, in the UK uh, is really making a huge, huge, huge difference. And clubs push themselves really hard to get into the Premier League just to get to that money. And as we saw with Leeds United, um, you know, ten years ago or so. Uh, you know, it almost pushed Leeds to bankruptcy. I think it was 99, they were in the Champions League semi-final. And then it took them almost 10 years to get back up again. So, you know, it's it's it can be very problematic chasing that money all the time. But um, why is it then in Germany that the clubs which have huge fan following and tradition, I mean, let's face it, Hortweiss Essen in the fourth tier, they were German champions in 1955. I mean, you know, if you go even lower than that, Schwarzweiß Essen were <laughs> yeah. Cup winners in 1956, and they've played in the fifth and sixth, you know, Oberliga, Regionalliga, and so on. You know, some of these big, big famous names. Why are, why can't they get back up on their feet again, in spite of the fact that they've got so much tradition? And you know, Essen is a city of one million people. Yeah, it is, but you have to see. Um all it's all in this area the big the big money is all the the, the big sponsors uh, are going to to Schalke Gelsenkirchen Gelsenkirchen is I think 10 kilometers away from Essen Dortmund is 30 kilometers away from Essen and it's there's a lot of money in and a lot of sponsors who gave their money gave their money to this clubs and, and I think it's and, and Bochum, Bochum is also it's just it's just five kilometers away from Essen, and so there is a lot of competition between these clubs and between this this money here in this area, especially at the, when we just talk about the Ruhrgebiet and the Nordrhein-Westfalen. 
Um, you have also Cologne, München Gladbach, and Leverkusen, and uh, Bielefeld, Paderborn, and something like that. And um, I think it's it's not easy for for these teams to um, to um, get get the sponsors they need, um, especially. But when we look at at Essen, they are doing a great job there over the last two or three years, and they are. And this was they had also some some issues and problems with the management and how they thought the club should be should be managed. And this over the last last year, this this is this is this is um, they're doing a great job. I think we will see them in the in the in the third tier and maybe maybe in some years and and sometimes back in the second the second league in Germany. But I think it's. Yeah, the the fans and the fan base is not the problem. I think it's for every club. It's it's just difficult to to get the the amount of sponsors and the amount of of money they need to compare with the teams uh, which are already in the in the in the higher in the higher tiers and in the higher leagues. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you think it comes down to a lot of competition, especially in the Ruhrgebiet and West Westphalia area. Um, Ruhrgebiet has many clubs, like you said. And also, we've lost some famous clubs in the Ruhrgebiet. Former times, you know, like Union Solingen, I remember, was an old club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time, which just disappeared completely. Wattenscheid 09 went bankrupt. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, over the years, you've seen clubs come and go and so on. It's absolutely right, yeah. But um, so, essentially, in England, um, you know, clubs are moved around. One club, Milton Keynes Dons, which was before was the old Wimbledon football club, was actually moved city from London to uh, to Milton Keynes, which was a shocking thing, which actually happens regularly in German, in America, which is kind of totally weird. But basically, um, you know, you've got a certain uh, following uh, history, tradition, and so on, and you've got a system which means that the fans have access to the clubs. But at the same time, whilst the, f- the football is cheap, it also reflects in the results on the pitch and German teams are simply not able to compete at this present time in terms of the Premier League and also European titles. Um, Transfer spending, 498 million was spent by the Bundesliga in 2020. The Premier League, 1.5 billion. I mean, the Premier League right now, they can buy any German player. Yeah. They can they can um, pay wages which are sometimes three times higher or more <laughs> than any Bundesliga team, even Bayern. So it's pretty impressive that Dortmund and Bayern actually do pretty well uh, in the in the European competitions. Do you think there should be some kind of limit on the amount of money that English clubs are spending, um, given that? The only teams that can compete with the English clubs are Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG, and Bayern, effectively. I think in the long long term there sh- there should be something like that. Um, in the in the few few months or the few years, uh, the word salary cap. Um, For me, it's absolutely clear. Uh, you have to you have to love the badge. You don't just kiss the badge. Yeah, you yeah, love the badge. Yeah. You, you know, I, I admire guys like Marco Royce and, uh, and um, you know, people who have played uh, Steve Ball at Wolverhampton Wanderers. 
you know, pl players who one club players who played with the club for a, a long, long time and, uh, and and are very dedicated and loyal to the team. And I think that you should uh, you should that you should have other reasons to be playing football other than just to make a lots of money out of it. Uh, and and I, I do agree, although I don't want to bring politics into it. But I think that it's it's very important yeah. to ask you one question as an expert. Are Dortmund and Bayern somehow parasites on the Bundesliga because they can buy anybody and any player? Are they sort yeah. of competition? Yeah, I think so. If you there are you look there are a lot of talks when Bayern Munich can 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 buy um, players from Borussia Dortmund, and Borussia Dortmund is looking for for the players then then from uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach or something like that, and Borussia Mönchengladbach is looking for players from Mainz. Or, also, it's it's like uh, it's got from 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 the top to the bottom, bottom down. Yeah, of course they're they're parasites. They can they can get the best players in Germany. Bayern more than Borussia Dortmund, um, but Borussia Dortmund can, if if they're going to some somebody from from Leverkusen or or Gladbach, they can pay more money and they they have more tradition. That's that's only something you can can impress players with to play in front of eighteen eighty thousand and so on. And of course, it's it's the same system system in 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 Germany when uh, when you look at the at the just in Germany compared to, to, to Europe, yeah. How good is this? Is the lower half of the Bundesliga, the bottom 10? I interviewed Mario Vrancic last week, who played for Paderborn, Darmstadt 98 in the Bundesliga. Mm. He also played for Stoke City, Norwich City. And he was saying to me that, in his opinion, the bottom 10 of the Bundesliga are um, not much better than the top 10 of the championship in England, the second division, the second tier. Not much better. Not much better. Maybe he's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll just leave it at that. Looking at um, the German national team, of course, the World Cup is coming up. The UEFA Nations League will pitch England against Germany. Last summer, England played against Germany in the uh, last 16, I think it was, at Wembley. Uh, and England won the game. Um, the German national team... Let's face it, they're four times world champions, 54, 74, 90, I think. Nine, and yeah. 14. England, yeah. 1966, that's it. <laughs> but saying that, if you look at the overall picture, under 17 level, under 20 level, under 21, under 19 European championships, I mean, in club football, Champions League English clubs have won 17 titles, German clubs seven titles. So somehow when it comes to the national team, Germany has the system, the, the way of playing that wins tournaments at every level, from youth level all the way up to senior level. But when it comes to the clubs, English clubs are far, far ahead most of the time than German clubs. Why is that, do you think? It's 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 not easy to say. I, I think um, at first I have to say, I think uh, England uh, in the national teams just the, just uh, catch up over the last last years. When you look at at, at uh, tactics and 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 the results, etc. But I think um, 
Uh, it, it's it isn't it isn't easy to say. But just let me hear your opinion first. <laughs> well, let's take currently in terms of under twenty three players. If you look at the Premier League, the value of the under twenty three players is seven hundred million. The value of uh, under twenty three players in the Bundesliga is forty one million. But then yeah. in the inverse. I mean, it's pretty huge difference, right? Which yeah, means yeah. the young stars are playing in the English Premier League. But on the inverse to that, 65% of the players in the Bundesliga are Germans. And in England, it's like 30%. So obviously, because English players don't really like playing much outside of their country, only in the last few years did they start to play outside. I mean, in the past, yeah, yeah. guys like Kevin Keegan or Tony Woodcock were very unusual, paradis vogel, you know? <laughs> I mean, you didn't used to see a lot of English players playing in, 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 in German or in other countries in the back in the day. So, you know, guys like Jaden Sancho, um, Jamie Bino-Gittens, and also um, Jude Bellingham and so on, they're quite unusual. But basically, essentially, I agree with you entirely that we're seeing, um, you know, so what I'm saying is the English national team can pull on a much smaller pool of of national players who are playing in their top leagues, whereas Germany has a lot of Germans who are still competing to play in the first and second Bundesliga, which is very impressive. Plus, German clubs are owned by Germans mostly. Many yeah. of the large investors are Germans. And so it's a, almost a closed, as you say, with the fan mentality as well, it's almost like a closed thing, a closed shop, basically, where they yeah. don't allow... They keep it, you know, historical and within Germany, and they don't allow big corporations from America, Britain, Japan, whatever, Gulf, to come in and buy the big clubs like Bayern München and so on. And also, a lot of the players are German who are playing in the top leagues, first division, second, erste Liga, zweite Liga, and so on, compared to England. So I think that's the main thing. But what we have seen is in 2017, England won the Under-17 World Cup. Yeah, in 2017, they also won the Under-20 World Cup in the Euro European Championships. In the World Cup in Russia, they reached the last four. In the European Championships, they reached the final. I mean, as you say, English national team is beginning to creep up. England are, have been ranked in the top four in the FIFA rankings. Germany has been down from all the way down 11th down to 15th. You know, it's really starting to show that because the German players in their national league are really not competing at the highest level, yeah. that basically it's starting to affect the national team. And that's what concerns me is that the Mannschaft in the long term is probably going to get weaker as a result of Bundesliga being weaker. Yeah, I think that that is that that is a good that's a good answer and this is a good point of point of view and you think yeah you can also you can say because of the the great players they are which are playing in the in the Premier League um, the young English players get all the they all get get the best or they have to learn from the best they have in the league you think that or? I think so absolutely yeah. and if yeah, you yeah. Germany most of the titles that they've won at under 17 under 19 under 21 or even national level is going back almost 10 years ago yeah, yeah. So basically, you know, we need to say that Germany has been very dominant in terms of the national team in the past, but they are struggling now to produce the 
the quality of players um, that are the, the 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 Premier League because of its you know the sheer quality of the Premier League and Championship. I think we're beginning to see that England is getting ahead in terms of football, and you know it's for not for no reason that England is uh, joint uh, favourites to win the World Cup in Qatar on five to one and six to one. England's only six to one. Germany's eleven to one to win the. So I think that Germans sometimes just overestimate how good German football is. I think that they, <laughs> they, they think it's better than it is right now. And I think that the glory days are, well, they're certainly seven years ago, if not eight years ago for Germany, I think. And, you know, Russia 2018 was a real low point for German football. In my yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe you're right, but when you... Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. Yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah, I I just think it's when I when I thought about it, it's like just like you said, when you 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 compete, you have a lot of national players in Germany. You just play here in Germany. There's no real, it's no real competition. Other hand, on in in, in the Premier League, you have this this top clubs with the top players from all over the world, from all over Europe, and. That is, and and though they also they also catching up with uh, with the tactics and how they how they scout talents and how they develop players and what younger you see you see the, all the young players who Dortmund Dortmund is scouting in England and who are growing here in Dortmund and then go back and are big big stars over there and I think you have a you're really catching up you have a great you have a great youth youth program over there. In, 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 in England and you are developing players the right way and and uh, I think Germany has to work on some issues how we want to create young players what young players should be able to do on the on the pitch not just not just being uh, the German, the, the, the German, the German tactic robots and and mentalitäts monster. Just we just need some more some more uh, skills on the pitch. But I think we, yeah, it's we are we are always always talking about five year spans or, or a decade to develop such such things. Or when you see this in young players. What you are giving them, and I, I think there are talks here in Germany. I think we want we want to do that, but yeah, the next years probably uh, probably will be will be hard. But I think over the in the next five or ten years, uh, we'll see some some great and and yeah, we have some great uh, German national players because we have have a great amount of 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 young folks who want to play uh, football we have a long uh, a lot of competition here in the in the youth leagues and in the um, in the in the programs and the youth programs of the the Bundesliga clubs and i think it's it's just a, just a, just a matter of time but you you're right and i think um, england is now one or two steps away we have to catch up and i think um, maybe we did yeah, we clearly and definitely did something wrong over the last, yeah, maybe over the last ten years in developing players and and how we how we um, yeah maybe you said we we thought we are we are better than than uh, yeah.